hurt a little bit. I mean, I was fine. Uh, but just pray for us. Amen? And uh, so God is a good God. Amen? So thank you for your prayers. Uh, and I want to just uh, add a couple things. One is we do have these God's, uh, God's Word for today. They're, they're a daily devotional. They're back there. You can take it. Uh, have it, you know, when you read your, when you're having lunch. Check this out. Because many of you, I watch you, you know, everywhere I go, you know, I see people when they eat lunch or they're eating dinner or they're, they're snacking. What's the thing that you always have in your hand? You have your phone and you're eating something, right? That, that phone is not giving you life, but I guarantee if you, if you like eat your healthy snacks or your cheeseburger or whatever you're eating, your, whatever you're eating, and you have this at lunch or maybe at dinner time, this is going to really help you out. Come on, Amen. You're going to get a double feeding. You're going to get food and you're going to get the Word of God because the Word of God is living, it's active. Amen. So this is here for you. We at dinner time, we, we, we read it, we pray, and it just it helps us because without the Word of God, we, we will dry up. Come on, amen? So these are in the back. They're, they're back there. Please take one. I'd love for you to have that. Uh, and then I'm going to just kind of talk about, again, the Christmas dinner next week. Please come. Uh, we want you to come and then kind of just give you a little excitement. We do a gift exchange, and it's for fun. Say, it's for fun. Okay, some of you, like when we have the gift exchange, you think this is like you're going to get this gift for your kids or your spouse or this is the Christmas. And, and people get all wrapped up in it. It's fun. It's fun. So we have this gift exchange. If you've never done it, it is a blast. Uh, we kind of liberate the gift from a person, and, and it's just a fun thing. Some of you, you become so like, you take the gift and you like, you do this. And then, we, so like we go through it, and in 10 minutes we're done. And, and we're just like... So it's fun to exchange. It's a gift exchange, okay? So please come. I know there's lots of stuff going on. Uh, please come. We, we want to feed you. We want to have a good time. Uh, eating together is, is, is a biblical matter, right? Come on, amen? You eat, right? You're going to eat Saturday night unless you're working. You need to come here. Come on, you have no excuse. You, your lawn's dead or dying, right? You can put your Christmas tree up Friday or Saturday morning, amen? All right. Hey, thanks for praying. Uh, if you want to take your word out, we're going we're gonna to look mo- mostly out of Psalm 37. Psalm 37. And I want to talk about, of course, Thanksgiving. Uh, even though I know that our government years ago mandated Thanksgiving, uh, just as a, it was initially given, not because of the pilgrims, and, and thank God for that aspect. And some of you have, you know, I want to fight you about that, Pastor, and it's politically incorrect, and we've uh, enslaved people because of that. And, and what the government, when they did say, we're going to give this day, the third Thursday of the month of November, uh, once a year to, to give thanks. It was to say, we want to thank God for his goodness. And biblically, that's a good thing. Come on, amen? And I just want to, I'm trying not to be negative right now, but the world tells us that we should feel guilty for the blessings of God. That is a lie of the devil. Come on, Amen. Yes, there are people that are, that are disadvantaged, they're underprivileged, but we should celebrate when God gives us so then we can turn around and give to other people. You should never feel guilty when God blesses you. Come on, amen? Amen. 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 So I want to talk about this, is how to be thankful. I'll just quickly read this. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Be joyful, what? Always. Always. Pray continually. Give thanks in what? All circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ. So it is God's will for you to be thankful. 
It doesn't say feel guilty for having food, feel guilty for having a job, feel guilty for being able to have a, a, a celebration on Thanksgiving, whatever you did on Thanksgiving, you know, uh, whether it was tofu or turkey or, or you know, beans and rice. Uh, I heard of one group, they even they fast on Thanksgiving, which that's, that's, like, that's crazy, but God bless you. I can fast before and after, but on Thanksgiving I want to eat, right? Uh, and so if you don't understand this, if you look through the Old Testament, Often they had feasts of celebration. They had times of fasting. They had times of mourning, times of repenting. But they had like weeks of feasting. Can you imagine that? You'd have to get new trousers, right? Or, or new, a new dress or those, you know, those... Anyway, I better stop. The expand the pants, you know? Uh, and so they, they would celebrate because God was good to them. And I'm tired of the world telling us that we can't celebrate. I'm tired of the world telling you that you can't enjoy God's blessing. Come on, amen? Because of that, we have to work at it. Amen? So would you just pray, Father, in Jesus' name, help me to speak your word with love. Help us to be thankful. And, and sometimes it, it, we have to work at it. We have to work at being thankful. So Lord, help us to be thankful. Help us to be grateful in, in all circumstances. We love you. And I'm grateful for this great church. I'm grateful for this opportunity to bring the word. We need you right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so I'm going to... Try not to go too fast, but I'm going to move along because I don't want to belabor you. Some of you are like, look at the notes, like, oh my goodness. I'm just going to touch on each one of those. Hopefully God will give you something. Some of you are like still sleepy because you've been eating lots of turkey and that tryptophan is still affecting you. Uh, or you had too many pumpkin pies or whatever you ate. Um, we don't eat pie. Whatever you ate, all right? So here we go. Are you ready? All right, the first one is this, um, is do not fret. And, and you're like, wait a minute, Pastor, how's this... Help me to be thankful. We live in a world of comparison, right? Right. Every day you're compared with someone else and you're told by the world to compare your life with someone else's life. And unfortunately, sometimes we're told to envy another person's life. Come on, right? It's true. Every time you turn on the TV, every time you open a magazine, every time you click on the internet, uh, every time you're scrolling through your... There's always a picture of someone better than you, having a better life than you. They have better teeth than you. They have better kids than you. They have a better car. They're, they're, I mean, they, everything's better, right? And so then we start thinking, wow, we start being envious. We start getting fretful. Well, my life's not as good as... Oh, look at that. They're on vacation again for the third time this week. You know, wow, it's, look, at their, look how clean their house is. Look how nice their teeth are, you know. Look how well-behaved their kids... And again, it's, it's, a lot of it's false anyway, right? But we have this comparison. We begin to envy so are you ready for the word of God? Come on, here it is. Here's what it says. Do not fret because of evil men or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Now, I'm not saying all people are evil. I'm not saying all your friends on social media are evil. I'm not saying all people on TV. But what I'm saying is we live in a world now where we think people, you're saying, Pastor Stan, I'm working hard. I'm honest. I don't lie. I don't cheat. Uh, I, I, I do everything, you know, but yet here are my co-worker, they're cheating, uh, you know, and, and there's classmates, they're cheating, they're getting away with it, and I'm reading about these people that are just abusing people, but yet they're still getting wealthier. So then we begin to do what? Fret. We think, well, is it right to do the right thing? And, and my quick answer is yes, it's always correct to do the right thing. Come on. So here, let's hit the notes, okay? Write this down. Is... Um, don't fret because they seemingly have more than you. Now, again, we live in a culture of 
you know, certain people have more and they were born with a silver spoon or it's not fair because your life's not fair. And, and sometimes, unfortunately, that does happen. But I want to tell you, you, you need to be careful that you don't set yourself up as the judge of them. Because you and I are not the judge. Come on, amen? I'm not the judge. You're not the judge. There is a judge and we're all going to answer to him. Come on, amen? So, so be careful. And, and the second part of that, let me just move on, is... Um, well, let me talk about this just for a minute. You see, sometimes we're, we're thinking, you know what, maybe I could cheat a little bit. Maybe I could cut some corners. Maybe I could do that stuff. And I want to tell you the old saying. It's, it's a, I'm not sure if other cultures say it, but I grew up hearing this, cheaters never... I don't know if other cultures, but in America, the American culture, we, have a, we had an old saying, cheaters never prosper. It may at the moment seem like it, part of a lifetime, but eventually people who do wrong get caught. Come on, amen? And so you and I have to resist the, the concept because you see, do you remember King David? King David wrote this song. Say, King David, king David. wrote this song. And he was promised to be king. Do you remember this? Saul was king. Saul was evil. He was immature. He was selfish. And so uh, David was called, bless you, anointed to be the king eventually. And so now he's called to be king. Saul is told by the prophet, you're not going to be king. Your kingdom is going to be taken from you and given to another person. That person was David. So then Saul went out to kill. Remember, Saul made David an enemy of the state. Remember, I've talked about that in the past. He's chasing David around all of Israel, all of the, uh, the Middle East, well, not all, but in this area. David is on the run many times. Saul, two times, David has opportunity to take a shortcut. Saul is in his presence. One time he comes, he comes into a cave where David is and, and he's relieving himself and David and his men are like, you, right there, you can kill him and take the throne. David says, no, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm not going to take the shortcut. A second time, they go into the camp and, and Saul is sound asleep and, they, and, and David takes his spear and, and one of the soldiers, take, take the spear and put it in his heart. You will be king. Second time, David does the right thing. He doesn't cheat. He doesn't take a shortcut. He doesn't take vengeance into his own hands. So you and I have to be careful not to want to fret. Well, it's not fair. It's not, and I hate to say it, but sometimes life is not fair. But God is a good God. He will give back to you. Come on, amen? And then don't fret because they're seemingly getting away with it. As I already talked about that. People are getting caught. And, and unfortunately, we're seeing, I mean, gladly they're getting caught now with these sex scandals and inappropriate relations with women or, or children. And I'm glad they're being caught. And, and I hope it stops. But we, we see, we're constantly seeing corporate scandals, political scandals, sadly scandals in the church uh, where people are getting caught. God does not let evildoers continue on forever. God is a good God. Amen? And so you and I have to be careful not to be falling into the trap thinking, well, if I just do what they did, I can get ahead for once. And I want to tell you, it's not worth eternity. Taking a shortcut is not worth eternity. Say that with me. Taking a shortcut is not worth eternity. And so we, we want the shortcut all the time. Um, let me move on. Let her see. Um, they will pass away. I mean, God says it. They, and they will answer to God. It says... For they are like grass that soon withers, and like green plants, they will soon die away. And I remember the growing this as, 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 as growing up, my pastor at my home church used to always say, Payday someday. God keeps the books. Payday someday. And, and you might see 
a world where you might think they never got what they deserve, but there will be a, there will be a reckoning. Because the Bible is very clear. It says that everyone will give account to themselves before the Lord. All of us will stand before the Lord and we'll give account. And so I don't want to scare you with that, but you know I don't need to envy the, the wicked and, and then say, well, God never took care of them. And maybe it didn't happen in this lifetime, but I guarantee you in eternity, which again, we have to be minded, eternity is where we're going to live. And they will pay eternally in a place that's not a good place. Okay? So, so God will, will make us answer to everything. God keeps the books. Here's a scripture for you. All right, I know I'm supposed to encourage you now. Let me change it to encouraging. Hebrews 4.13. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give an account. Okay? So let's work on not being envious. Let's not be fretful because God is keeping the books. Amen? And guarantee you He's good. All right, let's move on. Let's, let me encourage you. Uh, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. The second part is trust in the Lord. Psalm 37.3 says this. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Of course, now I'm going to just quickly go through these. Don't rely, don't trust in wealth, right? Because sometimes you have a lot, sometimes you don't have enough, sometimes you're way in the hole, right? Some of you are like, Pastor, I've been way in the hole all my life. Well, hopefully that will change. But don't trust in wealth because, again, we're reminded walking through the hallways, you know, it doesn't matter. You can, it doesn't matter. You can have a billion, trillion dollars, and you can still get struck with an illness. And you, and you can have all the money in the world, but you cannot buy yourself out of illness sometimes. Wealth is fleeting. Enjoy it, yes. Save it if you can. Be generous with it, but don't trust in it. Come on, amen? Because possessions are not what we're here for. We're here for eternity. All right? The second thing is this, is um, don't trust in mankind. Now, I'm not saying don't be trustful of people, but... Have you ever failed somebody? Have you ever been failed by someone? People make mistakes. People change sometimes. And we've seen, unfortunately, again, in the government and politics and, and the entertainment world and sports, power corrupts people sometimes. And so sometimes we, we get along in life and we think, well, I, I can do that. And, and the reality is you can't. And so sometimes political leaders fail you, pa- pastors fail you, bosses fail you, parents fail you, a spouse sadly can fail you, children can fail you. It, it just happens. So don't put your trust in people. Love people, but ultimately put your trust in God. Amen? Put your hope in Him. The, the third part of this, of course, is do trust in God. Do enjoy His blessings. Say, I will trust, I will trust. in God. Yeah. Amen? Because I guarantee you God can be trusted. God will never fail. Amen? His word is true. His promises are true. His love is everlasting. And you can live life with a knowledge. And sometimes, again, Pastor Stan, you're not, you don't get it. You don't understand what I'm going through right now. It's not fair. And, and I'm here to tell you, it, it will only last for a season. Whether it's five years, a month, ten years, I don't know. But you can always trust in God. Amen? He doesn't change. His constitution doesn't change. He doesn't change like the, the weather. He doesn't change like your... your our, you know, the swing of our, our, our um, moods or, or, you know, fashion go, coming and going. God is constantly there. He's faithful. He's loving. He's everlasting. Amen? He can be trusted at all times. Isn't that good? Yes, amen. That's good stuff. Now, let me move on. Here's one, and I want to talk just a few minutes. Is third one is delight yourself in the Lord. Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Okay, now, it says here, are you writing this down? 
hit the next one. It says, um, it's not delight yourself in your desires, okay? This scripture is probably the most misquoted, misrepresented, misused. I mean, there's a few, but this is probably one of them. Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. You're like, oh, yes, billions of dollars, fame, fashion, uh, you know, all that. And that's not really what that's saying. It says, it doesn't say delight yourself in your desires. It says delight yourself in what? In the Lord. So, so stop chasing things because, again, a pastor saying you're against me having things. I'm not. But they're things. Things are things, right? They pass away. They fade. They rust. They, they go out of fashion. Uh, they get broken. But God doesn't get broken. Amen? And so it says, delight yourself in the Lord. How do we delight ourselves in the Lord? It takes work. It does. You're not earning your salvation, but you have to remind yourself, what has God done in my life? Right? Come on. Think about all the good things He's done in your life. Come on, think about it. I want to see a smile on your face. Not fake, but think about what He's done in your life. I mean, yes, there, there are stuff that I, I've been going through a little bit of a tough time the last couple of weeks, but I'm still reminded of God's faithfulness, your prayers, your, many reached out to support us, brought meals, you're encouraging us. I, I mean, I'm just encouraged by that. But I think back of God, you know, I think through this time, and even, even the nurse that was helping uh, Olivia last night, because he, he says, I have empathy for you because I've gone through some similar stuff. And he says, I'm just, I want to encourage you that this will pass. He says, because I've been where you're at. I, I've been in that bed. It's not very comfortable. I've been through the pain. And in the pain, you're not thinking that it's going to go through. But all of a sudden, he says, now, here I am. You know, He was recovering. He had just been in, he'd been in the hospital just two weeks prior. And he's back to work. He said, I want to encourage you. This will pass. Whatever you're going through, it's going to pass. Delight yourself in God. He will be good to you all the time. And so, again, not your desires, okay, but make your faith delightful. Now, again, here, let me, I know I ramble on this. Are you good? Can I just for a few minutes? <laughs> make your faith delightful, not dreadful. And it's easy that we get so busy for God that we forget about our relationship with God. Well, I've got to be in the nursery. You know, I've got to be in the sound room. You know, help with the kids. You know, I've got to be in the worship team. And it, it can be work. It, it can I mean, I know our worship team is not like that, but there are times when probably some worship people, they're like, I don't want to be up here. I'm tired. People in the sound room, they'd love to sit down here. People in the nursery, they'd love to be here, right? It's Thanksgiving weekend. I have to be down with these stupid kids. They're not saying that. You know, I, but I know people think like that at times, all right? Coming to church. Well, I come to church. I hear Pastor Stan, and he can't sit still for more than five seconds. And, you know, he just, sometimes he's, hyper happy and then sometimes it just gets on me and but it's good God's word is good it's living it's active worship is good and so sometimes wow we sing these songs I don't know or they're too new or they're old you know and I you know you need to change your attitude you need to say God I want to worship you Whether, whatever songs we sing they're about you delight yourself in the Lord be excited about it be excited about coming to church. Change your mindset about it. Go to bed earlier, Saturday night. I know I say that often. But when, really, think about that. When you're tired, when you don't eat right, you can't make good decisions, right? Come on, amen? Spiritually, if you're not eating right, if you're not reading the Word, you're not praying, uh, 
You know, you're not sometimes having to remind yourself that God is God. And you have so much to be, to be thankful for. Amen? I mean, even this morning, I was getting ready. I started thinking about my life situation. I started getting angry. Like, okay, i got to put some worship music on because I don't like that. And guess what? The worship music changed my attitude because I began to worship God. I began to sing. And, and one of my most favorite worship songs, I'm not going to tell you what it is, came on, like the second song on Pandora. I think, wow, Pandora of all places. You're good, Pandora. You guys are on the Internet. Love you guys. But I'm not getting paid by them. You have to work sometimes. Relationships take work. Come on, amen? Those of you who have been married for a few years, right? When you first got married, like, oh, this is going to be great, you know? And, and then after, like, a few weeks, a few months, you, like, get irritated with each other. And come on, right? And then even a few years later, you're still getting irritated. And, uh, and marriage takes work. But it, there's always fruits from work. Faith sometimes takes a little effort. And you have to work at it. And you have to disciple yourself and, and be disciplined. So make your faith exciting. Come on, it's up to you. Amen? I can't force you to come. I thank you here. Thank you for coming, please. No, thank you. I love you. And, I, and worship was always good here. And I, and I love our worship team. But make your faith delightful. Mark 12, 30-30. It says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Um, the second act, of course, is love your neighbor yourself. Uh, this is, there is no greater commandment than these. So, feast on the word. Worship God. Come on, give gifts. Help. Just, just thank God. Amen? Hanging out with God should make you joyful. Right? Come on, God's a good God. I talked about it last week. You can listen to the podcast uh, from last week. God is not really there to judge us every second. He is, ju- he is holy. He is just. He is righteous. He will deal with us when we're, we're rebellious. But it's never to destroy us. It's always to bring us back into His good favor. Amen? Come on, amen. He's a loving God. All right, let me move on. Um, the fourth thing is commit your way to the Lord, and I'm going to just kind of go through this quickly. Maybe not. I'll slow down. All right? I'm good on time. Are, are you good? Yes. Commit your way to the Lord. Psalm 37, 5 through 4. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him, and He, listen, He will do this. Do you see that? Whenever the Scripture says He will do this, it's a promise from God. But there's a caveat. What does it say? Commit your way to the Lord. Trust Him and He will do this. Okay? So what this means is, let me read it. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday. So really what this means, uh, it means, the the Hebrew concept here, it means commit everything to God. It means to roll everything over to Him. It means to give everything, take your burdens, take your stress, take your worries, take your life, and just roll it over, you know, roll it over to Him. I mean, that's literally what it means. Take your burdens, take your life, take your plans, and give it to Him, and watch Him then do this. Trust in the Lord. Roll over your life, whatever you're called to do. Again, I'm not saying you shouldn't exceed. I'm not saying that you shouldn't work hard at everything you do. But it says this. Put that in God's hand, because God is a promoter. And God will bless you in everything. And there will be some tough times. There will be days when things don't go right. But when you trust in the Lord... When you acknowledge Him, He will take care of you. He will make your righteousness shine. People will see, wow, there's something different about you. Why are you so blessed? Oh, it's God. I've given my life to Him. I've committed my life to Him. I trust in Him. He'll take care of me. Come on, amen? So this is what it means. It means to roll it over. And this is a lifelong struggle for humanity. We want to be in control. 
And often we'll say, God, here it is. I give it all to you. Then we have a little rope tied to it, right? And then we leave church and then we've got a hundred foot rope, right? And it's tied to that thing we roll over. And we, we leave the church. It's praise God, good pastor, good to see you. And then what do we do? You get in the car and you start pulling it back. Come on. You pull back control. You put it back on you again. Oh, I've got to make this happen. I have to do this. It's me. And sometimes God puts that mindset, but it's God. Trust in Him. Roll over your worries. Roll over your life. And of course, trust in the Lord. That's very simple. Trust in the Lord. It means God is your confidence. I already said that. Amen? You good? Amen. Trust God for everything. Your provisions, your, your, your protection, your future. Worry is not from God. Say worry, worry. is not from God. Okay, so I just told you that, so stop worrying. But as humans, we struggle. Come on, we really do. It's hard. He knows that. But you must trust in the Lord. Put your hope in God. Amen? Worry is not from the Lord, it's from the devil. All right, you doing good? So now, doing all that, trusting in God, He will do this. You see, let her see. Here's what He will do. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't give up on God. Amen? You will reap a harvest. And the, the concept reap a harvest is not like you're going to get two, two pieces of bread. It's like harvest. Huge. Okay? It's going to be big. Are you good? Come on. All right. Here's the next thing. Number five. Be still before the Lord. This is where you and I struggle. <laughs> be still before the Lord. Psalm 37.7 says this. Be still before the Lord and wait impatiently for Him. No, wait. It says wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways when they carry out their wicked schemes. Now, I talk about this often. I'm challenging you and I have to keep fighting it for myself. Is learn to sit still in God's presence. I'm I'm really telling you that it is one of the greatest rewards you're going to find in your life. Especially like if you've got young kids, you know, those having kids... Olivia and I, when you know, we had kids, you're going all day, and our favorite time was when the, we put the kids to bed. And then we could talk. You know, we could... And we're like, do you hear that? What? Nothing. <laughs> I hear a baby sleeping. Thank you, Jesus. You know, no crying, no diaper, no crying. Anyway, be still before the Lord. You and I struggle. Why? Why? In America, we have this, this curse on us. Like we, we have to always be busy, right? The American culture says if you're not busy, you're a loser. And did you know sometimes busyness can be laziness? Why are you busy all the time? I mean, sometimes I know it's your job, it's work, it's family. It takes work. But why are you always busy? Because the devil doesn't want you to rest. Because the devil doesn't want you to hear the voice of God. Do you remember the time where the prophet, he, the Elijah said, you know, the voice of God was not in the lightning, it wasn't in the fire, it wasn't in the wind, it was in the stillness. And some of you fear stillness. You fear quiet. You're freaking out right now, aren't you? Pastor Stan, I've never heard you be quiet for more longer than that in my life. Take time. And really, I think what it actually means, it merely means 
shut your mouth and be still before the Lord. We, we're talking about the Sabbath, you know. The, why did God give the Sabbath? Because he knew you and I would run ourselves 24-7. He didn't need the Sabbath. He needed you to know that you need to rest. You need to worship. You need to be still. You need to be quiet. You good? I love you. And, and we get nervous. And, and just to help you out, again, re, take that devotion. Um, a few months ago, I, I, talked, I made this little thing. It, it's basically, it sounds fancy, lecto divina. It's feasting with Jesus. If you don't have a Bible study, you don't have a prayer time, I want to tell you, they're, they're, they're in the back here, that when you leave today, take one of these. They're like a gray sheet with blue and black lettering. And it talks about a process to help you to learn to listen. Um, because sometimes, I, and I'm guilty, I'll just read through my daily devotion, I'll just zip through it and get on with my day, and I don't wait on God to speak to me. But I've been getting better at it, and I have now what they call, like it's a, it's a note-taking Bible or journaling Bible, where I'll read through the scripture, and then I'll just stop. And then I'll, I'll start writing down the thoughts that come to my mind. I'll write down what I think God is saying to me, or to the church, or to, or to, the, to, to the world. Uh, and so sometimes you just got to stop. Have a journal with you. Read your Bible. This, this day, the Feasting with Jesus paperwork, it's in the back. It'll teach you about how to read a scripture and how to wait on God for a few moments and just write. Because God is still speaking to you right now. But sometimes you have to actually just be quiet, right? How many of you like being in a relationship where the other person is constantly talking, blah, 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 and you're like, but I want to, but, you know, blah, 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 and you're like, could you just be quiet so I can get something in? And we're like that with God, right? God, I need to blah, 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 blah. He's like, I want to say something. Can you just... Quiet. I want to speak to you. Take time. Pastor, that's great for you because you're the pastor. You have time to do that. I have to make time to do that. Just like you. Life's busy. Family, life, traffic. It's crazy. I understand it. And by the way, don't be quiet and close your eyes when you're driving, Okay. Don't try to journal when you're... I see plenty of you texting anyway when you're driving. You know, don't do that. Amen? All right. Learn to be still. Now, again, here's some, let me hear a couple exercises. Are you good? Are you ready? You have to actually do it. Some of you, are, you're so type A. You're so driven. Well, Pastor, it's not on my calendar. I'm going to challenge you. Put it in your calendar. Put it in your calendar. Put it in... This is my date time with God. Because I know some of you, if you don't do it, you don't mark it in, you're not going to do it. So I'm telling you now as your pastor, because I love you. Do it now! Because I love you. Because if you keep skipping the Word of God, you keep skipping God's voice, you're going to start listening to the voice of the devil and the world. Your voice. Stress. And it's a lie from the devil. Come on, amen? Be still. Pastor, you you don't understand. I've got a lot of responsibilities. Then you need to actually spend more time before God. Martin Luther said, i got a lot to do today. I'm going to spend four more hours in prayer. And he did a lot because he spent more time with God. God reminded me, he said, Stan, I can do more in a second than you think you can do in your lifetime. This is what God is saying to you. God can do more in your life in a second than you can in two lifetimes, in one lifetime. But sometimes you got to just be still before the Lord. So God can speak to you. He can refresh you. He can give you ideas for your business, for your family, for your own life, for your relationships. Isn't that good? 
Come on, in our day of just being hyper, um, I want to challenge you because I, I, I see people jogging and walking and, and you have your phone, you know, you have your phone, you got your earphones in. Can I challenge you? Have a day of an earphone-less. Put your phone in your pocket, put it on vibrate or just put it on, stu- you know, not. And don't listen to music. Don't read your feeds while you're walking. It drives me crazy when I'm riding my bike and I see people, they're, they're not, and I'm like yelling at them, I'm coming, I'm coming at you, I'm coming at you, I'm coming, and what are they doing? Hey, hey, I'm, 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 I'm yelling now. Coming at you! And then I'm like, I have to go past, I'm like, hey, watch where you're going! I'm like, okay, sorry, get off your phone. <laughs> Sometimes just put it away. Take the earphones out. Come on, this is good preaching. Amen. Listen to God. He can't speak to you when you're listening to heavy metal all the time. Or Beyonce. Or the news. Or whatever TV show you're watching. Uh, uh, just turn it off every once in a while. Let God speak. Let God download life into you. Come on, amen? I mean, I do. I listen to music. I, I will veg sometimes, but I want to hear from God. God wants to speak to you. Come on, amen? And here's my question. When was the last time you took time to be still before the Lord? I guarantee you, as you get into the practice, you will not regret it. Come on, it's good, amen? David did it. Jesus did it. Paul did it. You should do it. Come on, amen? Here we go, number six, because you're getting angry. I can see it coming on. Number six, let me tell you, refrain from anger. You're getting angry now, Pastor Stan. You're talking about my cell phone and all that. Refrain from anger. Verse 8. Refrain from anger. Turn from wrath. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. For evil men will be cut off. For those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. So let go of anger. And really this means, and I, oh, I'm not, I, I want to be careful how I say it because some of you automatically, I'm going to say a word, I'm going to say a phrase, and you're going to start singing something. So don't sing it. You're, you're already going to do it. it. It really means, the word refrain means let it go. <laughs> some of you are like, oh yeah. Get it out of your mind right now. Let that go. Okay? So, it really means let it go. We all get angry. I don't care who you are, right? I got angry coming to church this morning. There was a person at a stoplight texting. And the light turns green. Or whatever, they're sleeping. I don't know what they were doing. I go, okay, Lord, i got to let it go because I'm preaching about this, so I better practice what I preach, right? Just letting you know. So let it go. So let go of anger because anger can hurt you, right? Come on, amen? And, and the root word for refrain or cease is, is what we get, rafa, okay, which means to cure. So letting go of anger is a cure. People have physical ailments because they're angry. Sometimes They're bitter. They've not forgiven people. So what does God say? Let go. let go. Thank you. Let go. Let's just say let go, not the other phrase. Let go of it. Just, God, I don't need to be angry. Anger is destructive. No, God was angry. Jesus was angry. He was at times. He was at times. But he did not live in that anger. So, so let go of it. Let, let anger go, okay? Are you good? Say let it go. Let go, let go of it. All right. Because check it out. When, when you let go of anger... Maybe some of your headaches will go away. Your blood pressure is going to automatically go what? Down, okay? I guarantee you, your home life is going to be better. Seriously, you, you ever been around someone angry all the time? What happens if, in the home? Stress goes up, anger, fighting, so stop. 
Some of you, I mean, you just like to fight all the time. I've talked about that. You don't need to fight people. Come on. Stop. Amen? I love you. You good? Pastor, I'm supposed to be encouraged. I'm encouraging you. Okay, I'm encouraging you. This is happy. This is a good thing. Anger will make you do things you, you regret, okay? So, let me move on. It says, it says, let go of anger and turn from wrath. Now, wrath is this. Can I, I'm going to get a drink of water first. Wrath is this. The Hebrew concept for wrath here is bottled up or pent up fury. Some of you, you're like that steam pot or that kettle. It's like, you know, it's boiling up and you're just waiting for that one thing to just push you over the edge. And you know, like, so, so then your kids say something to you, I, I crashed the car, you know. You know, the, then your spouse, oh, I forgot your birthday. You know, and then the boss says, you got to stay late. We're all just, boom! And then all of a sudden you like, right? So God says, don't hold on to that bottled up fury. And seriously, if some of you are always just like angry all the time and, and something sets you off all the time, you've got to say, God, deliver me from this. I know in the world we think it's cool. When I, don't, I like people to be angry. I mean, there's times to be angry, but you've got to let it go. And many of you, you're holding on to what I talk about, bitterness, unforgiveness. Someone's done something wrong to you. You have to forgive them. Because Jesus said, if you want God to forgive you, you have to forgive them. And I don't, I'm sorry. I mean, it might have been evil, but you still have to forgive them because what happens is that you have bottled up fury. And your family doesn't like it. Your coworkers don't like it. Your neighbors don't like it. God does not like it. When you walk around with that bottled up fury, ready for it to pop. I mean, if everyone fears you, when you walk in a room and they, they see you and they run away, that probably should give you an indication. Get rid of the bottle of fury, right? Let go of that stuff. Let go of wrath. Let it go. It's not worth it. Come on, amen? Are you good? All right, I love you. And I want you to be free. Okay. Women, I love you. And then you make fun of us men because we forget stuff. What was I talking about? And sometimes that's actually, I know sometimes it's buffoonish, but sometimes it's, it's a good trait from God. Ladies, you hold on to stuff too long. Some of you remember what I wore three weeks ago at church. Some of you remember what I wore 10 years ago at church. Some of you remember what your husband said to you 15 years ago. Some of you remember what your mom said to you 20 years ago. So, and you're still holding on to it. Come on. And it's sometimes a blessing from God that some of us men are like, what? I forgot. Oh, it's your birthday? You know, I mean, that's not good to forget. Men, put that on your calendar. Anniversary, mom's birthday, you know, those things. Put that on your calendar so it reminds you. But I, I, I'm serious, and I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be like, well, men and women are the same. I don't know what biology class you went to. I don't know what life you're living, but men and women are not the same exactly in everything. Come on, Amen. Great book for you to read. It's uh, Men Are Like Spaghetti. I'm sorry, men Are Like Waffles. Women Are Like Spaghetti. Men Are Like Spaghetti. I'm sorry, Waffles. Women Are Like Spaghetti. It might be flipped around. Women Are... Whatever. And it costs... Men, anyway, read the book. It's a good book. Okay? <laughs> men Are Like Waffles. Women Are Like Spaghetti. So, I mean, let me tell you, because I, I, I get around women. I'm feel, I have three ladies at my house. And I hear them sometimes. Do you remember back? And, you know, I'm like, why are we talking about that? And they, all, they start getting all riled up about it. I said, didn't you let go? Of, yeah, but we're just talking about it. No, you're not. You're like... 
And, and I remember, and Zoe, I mean, so last year she was in middle school, she's high school now, and she, was, she came home one time just shaking her head, and she was kind of angry but laughing, and she said, she said, you know, some of my friends, they were fighting about something, and, and I'm like, well, why? And it's like, what was it about? It was something in third grade at these two girls. And I was like, third grade, you're in sixth grade? Really? And that's, she said, that's what I said. Are you, are you serious? Ladies, let go of that. It's the work of the devil for you to start thinking about it. And you start... Right? Come on. And men, if you do that too, then stop, all right? You don't need to do that either. But just forget about it. You need to let go of stuff that something happened because you can't do anything about it now anyway, right? Come on, amen? It's good preaching. You will be thankful that you let go of hot anger. You'll be thankful that you let go of bottled up wrath. All right, number seven, turn from evil and do good. Now, turn from evil. Pastor, I'm not doing evil, but let me just tell you this, all right? 27, uh, Psalm 37, 27. Turn from evil and do good. Then you will do on the land forever. For the Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. They will be protected forever, but the offering of the wicked will be cut off. So basically, this letter A means stop displeasing God and others, okay? It, it literally, and, I, and I, please, I'm, this is the Bible. This is not Pastor Stan, okay? This is the, the literal translation from the Hebrew into the English. It literally means, to turn from evil and do good means stop from being good for nothing. Stop from being, I mean, there are times we, you, I would hear my mom and dad, don't you be a good for, you're no good for nothing, you know? Because they're angry about it, something. And the Bible is saying, stop from being, because you think, well, I'm not evil, I'm not out, you know, destroying. Evilness can also equate to a non-fruitful Christian life. A self-consumed Christian life. That's evil. If you and I are always consumed about us and what people can do for us, that's evil. Because selfishness is a sin, right? Just follow me. Selfishness is a sin, right? If it's a sin, then sin is evil, right? So, well, I don't got evil in my life. Well, if you're always consumed about you and you go into relationships only looking at what people can do for you, God says, turn from that and do good. Instead of going to relationships and what do they do for me, say, what can I do to help them? How can I bless this relationship? How can I be a blessing at work or at school in my neighborhood? Hello, right? I mean, this is the basis of Christianity. In Acts, it says that Jesus went around doing good. In, in the Gospels, he went around doing good. And if we're to be little Christians, little followers of Christ, we should go around not earning salvation, but we should be naturally just doing good. Come on, amen? Shake your head. So, so the Bible says, turn from evil, stop displeasing God, and look to do good. Come on, this is good preaching. Do good. Do good. Stop, stop trying to be like the world. Write the scripture. I'm not going to read it. 1 John 2, 15-17. Stop from displeasing God, but look to say, how can I help others? How can I benefit someone else? Our world tells us, how can the world benefit you? How does a job benefit you? Uh, it used to be, I will work for you, then you pay me. Now we say, pay me, and then I'll work. Think about that. It should never be, pay me, then I'll work. No, you work, then you get paid. I mean, we have a bunch of spoiled millionaires that can kick a soccer ball, throw a football, hit a hockey puck, they can sing a great song. They're spoiled. Not, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's pay me now, and then I'll perform. Christianity is I'll do good, and if I get blessed for it, awesome. And yes, you, I mean, you, you have a job. You should expect to get paid, but work hard. 
Do everything hard for God. Amen? Do it for God. All right, I know. I know. I'm going to move on. Letter B, do good. I talked about this. Again, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to what? Do good works. Which God prepared. So there are some good works God is waiting for you to do. But you can't do it when you're always thinking, How, what about me? What about me? What about me? When are you going to do something good for me, Pastor? When is the church going to do something? When is my boss going to do something good for you? When's the nation going to do it? Well, you do good. And watch God bless your life. Come on, amen? This is good preaching. This is, this is how to be thankful. Because when we're always... Is it easier to receive a gift with a tight-fisted hand or an open, fist, open hand? And when we go through life all the time tight-fisted, God can't bless us. But when we say, how can I help others? Your hands are open for blessings. Good preaching, right? Amen. All right. Pastor Stan, I'm... I'm okay. I love you. Actively do good to others. Think about how you can help a relationship. Amen? Number eight, I'm, I'm really down to the end. You're like, thank you, Jesus. Wait for the Lord and keep his way. This is hard, again, that waiting thing. Wait for the Lord, verse 34, and keep his way. He will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you will see it. What does this mean? Of course, it says, look expectantly for God to work in your life, but also know that Christ is coming back. Javier said that time is short. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. We need to look for that. We need to expect that. Um, the first Christmas, we call it Advent, was the, the coming of the Messiah. And now what we call the second Advent is the second coming of Christ. We need to be reminded, this world is not our home. Come on, this world, this world. is not our home. We're going to live in eternity with Jesus. And I'm here to guarantee you that uh, it says, wait for the Lord. Keep His ways. Be, be right before God. Be righteous. Live right. Even though people mock you for it. Even if you lose a job. Even if you, you lose friend, friendships because you're doing the right thing. You will never be sorry in the end. Because we're living for eternity. And already I read it in Scripture to you. God blesses those who do right. You honor God, He'll honor you. You'll get the promotion. You'll get the A's in class. You'll do well in your career. You'll do well in your professions by doing the right thing. Because remember, cheaters never prosper. Amen? Do the right thing all the time. Let's, let, let's write these things down. I think they're there. Uh, look expectantly to God. Okay? Remember, you remember Saul had his kingdom lost because he couldn't wait. The, the, the priest tells him, you go and you wait at this certain place. He was getting anxious. So he took over the job of the priest and they went and then he lost the kingdom. Um, do you remember Esau? Because of his hunger, he wanted Chipotle right then and there. Okay, maybe he wanted some chicken tortilla soup. I don't know what he wanted. But he sold his birthright to his brother because he was hungry. How many of us are willing to sell our birthright because we want something from the world that will satisfy us for a moment? You're willing to give up your faith. You're willing to lose your family. You're willing to lose your salvation. You're willing to lose friends just so you can get ahead. And let me tell you, it's never worth it. Never worth it. It's never worth it. Remember Jesus said, what can a man profit when he sells his soul for the world? Nothing. Nothing. It's not worth it. Come on, amen? And sometimes you're going to lose stuff. But it's for a good cause if you're staying to the right. All right, last thing. Never, let her be, keep walking the straight and narrow. Don't let the world tell you short, case, short, short uh, cuts are right. They're, they're not right. Because 
shortcuts can prevent you from eternal promises. Now, if there's an easier way to do something, by all means, but doing something wrong, keep on the path of God. God is good. Would you stand with me this morning? You see, because one day, there will be no more pain. There will be no more sickness. There will be no more deception. There will be no more destruction. And the Bible says that God's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. This world is not going to last forever. The world we live on is not going to last forever. But there will be a new heaven, a new earth. Come on, isn't this exciting? And God says that I will be with them forever. Can you imagine? We will actually be face to face with Jesus. We will be with him forever. It will be worth it. Come on, amen? So give thanks in all circumstances. Trust in the Lord. Lean into him. Come on, amen? Father, help us today because you're good all the time. And help us to have a thankful heart, even though the world tells us not to be thankful. The world tries to circumvent your goodness in our our lives. And so, Father, this morning, would you help us to focus on you? You are the greatest prize, Lord Jesus. And we are going to live an eternal life with you where there will be no more pain, no more suffering. We'll have eternal joy. And so, Father, help us not to fret when people cheatingly uh, seem to prosper when they're not going to prosper. Help us to trust in you even when it's hard. Help us to delight in you, not ourselves. Help us, Lord God, to commit our lives to you. Help us to be still before you. Help us to refrain from anger and let go of wrath. And then finally, Lord, let us turn from being good good for nothings, but being good for a lot of things. Help us to live righteous lives because you will bless that. Blessed are, are the righteous. Blessed are the meek and humble, for they will inherit the earth. So Lord, bless us for being right in your sight because of Jesus. I pray for everyone in this room to be blessed and to be thankful. And let us think back all the great things you do for us all the time. Lord, I pray that we would be a blessing to those around us, our families, our workplaces, our schools, our neighborhoods, where we shop, where we have sporting events, where where we do different things, activities in, in the community. Let us be good for something because we are the children of light. And our friends and our neighbors, our co-workers need this goodness. And we are that agent of change. So Lord, bless everyone in this room on this Thanksgiving weekend. We thank you for everyone here. I thank you for this great church. And I thank you for the greater things that are going to happen. I pray blessing on us as we turn to you and acknowledge you in all we do. We love you. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I love you. Be thankful all the time. Amen. Have a great day. Say hi to someone. Shake someone's hand. Bless them on Thanksgiving weekend. Amen. Love you. Thank you.